0: Welcome homeowners, homebuyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton as they break down the modern-day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn.
1: Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a beggar.
2: Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears on the Facebook at in the
3: 608 I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. And as Ben said, we welcome you to this episode of Real Estate in the 608. It's a podcast where we bring in a guest each time and we, guess what, we talk real estate with them. We're talking to lender today. So we're going to be talking about the numbers and the interest rates,
2: what they mean to you, what they mean to buyers, what they mean to sellers, and, and what those things might mean going forward. We're going to discuss some real estate headlines of the day. Think you'll lend me a 20? We're going to recap the
3: highest and lowest price sales in Dane County. We're going to enjoy the top of the hour tip and the market update from some of our friends at Lower Realty Group. And some of those friends are people smarter than us, and that's what we do. We surround ourselves with people smarter than we are. Certainly one of those people,
2: Phil Plord, president of Blimling & Associates, a division of Dairy.com. He'll be in with his look beyond the 608.
3: And you'll also hear local music from artists right here in the 608 because we like to keep it local. As we said, my name is Adam. I'm a homeowner. I'm going to scrub teacher for my credentials because I'm not teaching at Madison College anymore. I step back from that role. As long as you step back and we're I, not pushed. It, it wasn't will, pushed. It was. We will allow you to continue helping us. It was purposeful. I still teach things in my job i just not a formal teacher anymore but i have much respect for the profession i'm also a user experience architect and used to play around on the radio in madison too and i'm ben anton broker associate Lauer realty group homeowner landlord and as you will as i'm and something new uh good to have you here once again ben this week we have a person whose name is in quotations well that's like a nickname oh, okay <laughs> maybe we'll ask
2: him about where that nickname comes from because when i first met peppy he was not really <laughs> he old en- 18 30s, in 18 the 30s he was in not, the old west <laughs> he was not really old enough to be a peppy like he may have been a father at that point i think okay. he just in college kids but i've known him about 20 years okay and I didn't feel that the maybe then 40-year-old man before me was- Was designated was, a pappy? Was to a pappy. So we'll, maybe we'll get some history on the pappy. Uh, but Patrick Pappy Johnson, mortgage manager at Johnson Bank, an originator of my first mortgage more than 20 years ago.
3: So he's a mortgage lender. So Correct. He does. An important part of the home buying process. A very important part. All right. What's been going on since last time, Ben? <laughs>
2: That's the bad news today. My grandmother Lois passed away. Oh, I'm and sorry, I, dude. And uh, she w- she was 94. Okay. And it was and it was not unexpected. Maybe she was a listener, so we'll yeah. we'll pay a, pay a little. I don't think okay. she. I don't think she. I don't know that she knew She's what a podcast. 96 was. know what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so I thought I thought well, how can I tie this into real estate? I like history. I like I like urban history. I like. Yeah. Um, I also like eating. You okay? So here, mock chicken legs. Have you ever heard of a mock chicken
3: leg, Adam? Um, I mean, I know some people who are vegan uh, who don't eat any type of chicken. Is that what we're talking about? This is this is not a mock chicken. This okay. is chicken. It's it's actual chicken. Made? No, it's not actual it's chicken. It's not either. actual chicken. <laughs> it's, it's
2: mock chicken. It's chicken shaped. <laughs> that's okay. where the, that's where the mock comes in, but often made from pork and veal. Oh, and mock chicken uh, was one of Grandma Lois's go-to's. Like this oh, was like when when okay. she was let when she was having everybody over and there were no holes barred, and she was going to show her best. We had mock chicken legs, also known as city chicken, uh, born out of the desperate times of our Great Depression. Mock chicken was a way of bringing, if you imagine, the luxury. Of a chicken dinner <laughs> to those who could simply not afford it.
3: Oh, okay. So
2: city living made butcher scraps of pork and veal more accessible and affordable. So these cubes, off the the, the uh-huh. way Grandma made them, cubes of of uh, of pork and veal alternating on a skewer, and then breaded, oh, okay. and then fried. So these mock chicken legs are also because Milwaukee full of Germans, German roots sure, sure. there's some there's definitely some Polish influence here too in my research. but the Milwaukee public school system, that was like the that was like the best lunch. the best hot lunch that there was was mock chicken leg. Mock so chicken. this was this was not just my grandma. this was not just some weird little Anton family thing. this no, was, was this was citywide, okay and uh, and so so I will in her honor soon, very soon, maybe I'll have to report back on it. but there's going to be some mock chicken leg. Uh, some dining here at the Anton House soon. Um, the, the the having it at her home was also very performative, like because they were on skewers, right? Sure. So the, so you it was kind of a contest. Oh. So like how many skewers did you have on your plate after was like oh, yes. evidence I've played this family game. Evidence sure, of yeah. how many mock chicken legs you ate. Uncle Randy was a big man. <laughs> and he generally he, he generally wa- won the game. He, he was a home builder <laughs> and a very big man. And he he would usually win the contest, but it was it was you know, we're all winners. Aww. After eating a, a your belly full of mock chicken legs from Grandma's house, <laughs> so everybody's a winner. So Grandma Lois oh, and uh, I'll hope to make them soon. And we ra- we raise a glass
3: indeed to Grandma Lois. It's curious because I would think in the hierarchy of meats that chicken would actually come in lower than pork or veal in my opinion i i would agree <laughs> therefore you're eating like something better than just
2: chicken but but it's different in, times it's in yeah. fact the that that city that the the slaughterhouses were still in the city
3: oh and yeah. chicken chickens were like a farm thing uh, okay, so different times. To, it was like an access thing. Like it, was they, it was a little more access. That, that rare chicken plate. that we'll get
0: <laughs> right
2: because the chickens chickens was like a farm thing. And sure, in the country, the poor people probably felt they were like poor and eating chicken because that's all they had. Yeah. But in the city, it was a fancy thing. Chi- right. Chicken was fancy. All right. A, the luxury of a chicken dinner. <laughs> now moving now for something a little bit more more since last time Mm -hmm. for Ben and real estate related. Um, And I have mentioned this, but I don't know if I've made it official with all 'all. y'all. I am, I'm a a licensed dwelling contractor,
4: which is the same thing pretty much as like a general contractor.
2: Okay. There is no actual license to be a general contractor. That's what everybody calls it. You just dwell around. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I am, I'm now licensed and insured. And today I pulled my first building permits Oh, as a dwelling as a, contractor. As a dwelling contractor, yeah. Okay, And you may ask, well, how, how have you owned so many properties for so long and never pulled a permit, Ben? How have you owned so many properties for so long and never earned a permit, Ben? If you live in the house, which I have lived in many of my houses, you may do the work without a contractor's license. And that you uh, can do if you mm-hmm, live in a right. single family home or if you live in a two unit. You can do that if you live there the home many of the homes that i own with Rhonda are four units and for whatever reason however this makes sense you don't need to have a you don't need to have a license to work on those houses
3: either if you are the contra if you live in those or just like you don't need it in general just period those are four
2: those are four units those are different than one and two family dwellings okay so yeah you could like brandon that we talked to last month building a 32 unit apartment building you really don't need a license to do that.
3: Oh my like gosh! He,
2: like he has one, but yeah, anything above a three, you're good. You just build it. You would do whatever. So what is uh, that? So for, what is, what's for going many on years, there? for many years, I didn't need to be licensed to pull a permit because the buildings were four units, or I lived in them, or you lived in them, right? And and so now, now that we bought a couple single families in the last few years, and we're starting to do a lot more of that kind of work ourselves it made sense for me to get be, be licensed so that I could pull oh, okay. the permits sure. and we wouldn't rely on, on some other contractor to do it.
3: Um, congratulations? Yeah, for the most part. I guess right. it, it does. it's not
2: a bad byline, right? Okay. You two t- you, you pulled teacher out. I put dwelling contractor in. Okay, we
3: saved space. It was like a zero-sum gain right? <laughs> uh, I can't say that I've done much uh, in the last month. It's really been work, work, and work. Um, but now I think I'm going to be looking for recipes for mock chicken. I think that's uh, that's going to be on my game for the next month. There's another go-to, which
2: was her heavenly hash, oh, which is a lot okay. more easy to replicate, and I make that all the
3: time. That could feel like that's either a breakfast dish or it's the the Cool Whip fluff dish. With no, jello it's, pieces. It's, it's it's a stick to, <laughs> it's a stick to your ribs, okay. tomato
2: based noodle meat. Oh, all veggies, right, not like, even close uh, to what I was thinking then. No, I don't know. It's it's not quite a casserole or a hot dish for those of you from Minnesota. Yeah, but um.
3: But it's good. It keeps you warm. It's what makes warms you up with love. We should consider switching to a cooking format for our <laughs> podcast. That's what's been going on since last time. What's been going on from the headlines?
2: Not often that Madison properties or specific properties make the national news, right? Rarely, I think. Cause, yeah, because as we'll as we'll learn uh, in the uh, opinion of the author of this particular article, referring saying. In Madison, Wisconsin, of all places, because for who, for who the hell would want to live there? Uh-huh. Uh, now, now, <laughs> a new streaming option in the local headlines due to its its local tie-in. Buy my house on Netflix. Uh, sellers subject their houses to a Shark Tank-style panel of real estate investors. Uh, this this one of the episodes of season one will feature a black-clad, super modern home. In Madison, Wisconsin of all places, anyone who loves Shark Tank and real estate is about to be hooked on Netflix' new reality show, Buy My House, hosted by a journalist and fashion designer, Nina Parker. The six-episode show features homeowners from across the country and Madison of all places as they try to sell their properties to one of four real estate tycoons on the spot. In the room, here's your chance. Wow. The home on the shores of Lake Mendota, uh, the one featured, the local home feature, is sure to be lovely and pricey. And I wonder if a
3: contender for the most expensive house of the year when we do our recap. It makes me wonder if the seller is from wisconsin or if they just like planted here and made something really tricked out and then are no like,
2: she i saw the piece on channel three yeah she was from was she she's was local hard. you might have imagined she was from somewhere else just you know in the she was a, She was a designer and interior okay. designer this yeah. is her own home this is her her labor of love and her, oh, her okay. baby right all right and she's got these crazy outfits kind of like think about like uh beetlejuice right like the woman who <laughs> Who transformed the old farmhouse into like the Beetlejuice Can't house. Very, that, very Yeah. Very you know, or or on the other show, she has the same she plays damn near the same character right. in the same, on the same gowns yeah. on Shit Creek. <laughs> so there we got the lady from Shits Creek and the, and the these like big open sleeves. <laughs> and then she opens her mouth and I'm like that lady's from Hay,
0: <laughs> Which I don't
2: know if she's really from Hay, but like and do you know have they, have they released it on Netflix or is it still? Coming? It's released and there's six episodes. Season one's ready for viewing and ready for mine the minute
3: I have a moment. You know how what to do this weekend. All right, that's what's been going on from the headlines. Let's talk some lows and highs.
2: Toodle
1: lamb, toodle lamb, toodle lamb, toodle lamb, to-
2: the lows and the highs for Dane County, but we'll start with uh, the lows and highs in Portage for Chris and Jared, who will be wed in hey.
3: October. Congrats.
2: All right. Lowest sale 120, highest 480. So we saw saw almost kind of a more typical spread. Last last month I talked about low volume and not a lot of sample. Right. So the spread was really tight. This is a little bit more typical up there, but 120 and 480. Uh, That low volume subsides in Dane County as well where we're kind of entering the the fall version of spring now what do you
3: mean by the fall version of spring
2: well there's kind of there's if you're going to sell your house in madison you thinks spring right Mm -hmm. well there's there's january spring there's may spring and then there's like kind of like september spring spring. okay that's where we're at so yeah we're because because our market does undulate Mm -hmm. uh in that way i've been playing a lot of Samantha, so i might be dropping some like (laughs) some weird thesaurus
3: crap on you it's a good wave pattern yes i got you i'm
2: with you Lowest four bedrooms, one bath home, 416 South Main Street in DeForest, selling for 124 9 Here's some, here's some, uh, low, we've yeah, talked wow. about the, like the, the cliche remarks, calling all investors, contractors, and DIY aficionados. This four bedroom, two story in the heart of downtown DeForest is ready, ready for updating. Bring your vision, restore this <laughs> home back to its original glory. And then here's the highlight. Original doors in great shape, so this house needs. <laughs> and the rest this of house it. <laughs> needs everything but doors. It also, and the pictures did show a beautiful original
3: buffet. <laughs> I like bring your vision. I would actually bring be attracted. Vision. I would put a bit on that house because, like, oh yeah, I do want to bring my vision.
2: Property sold as is will not qualify for government loans due to unfinished condition. It's almost as if someone did like the day one demo, mm-hmm. like where you just take off the easy stuff and then walked out and then took it out. Yeah, okay. so it was like it's too much work. It was <laughs> It was pretty clean and Spartan, but at the same time they had revealed all the work that needed to be done. Interesting. So highest price, and I'm not sure so so the the Netflix home is on the shores of Lake Mendota.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not, I'm not sure though how far it is from the highest price sale of the last month at 1155 Farwell Drive in Maple Bluff. 3.3 million. Now this house was uh, was not listed on the MLS, uh, but it was sold by a, a real estate agent. so it's what we call a FISBO comp. So like if the house isn't listed by an agent mm-hmm. that means it wasn't up on the MLS. We don't know how many days it took to sell but at the uh, after the sale that agent probably wants to get credit you know well, okay. ego credit for selling it as well as providing a service then to other realtors who will see how much it sold for as a comp. and then can use that home as a comp when they price I their stuff so right. five no competing offers because it was kind of a kind of a quiet two party deal uh, five bedroom five bath home more than 5,400 square feet of living space, and 105 feet of frontage. So that's a good amount of lakeshore. Big space. Almost an acre of land. Yeah. So a big, big, beautiful old brick home, but also a pretty beautiful spot.
3: I want to say we have had another high price sale on Farwell Drive as well. Yeah, must be a couple. Must be pricey neighborhoods. All right, those are our lows and our highs, as well as in Madison and Dane County and Portage. Our guests... Coming in, Pappy Johnson. Do you know if he prefers Patrick or Pappy? He he's Pappy. Okay, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable in calling somebody <laughs> I don't know Pappy right off the bat. So I'll, we'll work. I'll probably we'll work ask, into
2: it. Yeah. You can ask. Uh, I I think he's gonna say, "Oh, it's Pappy." Ben Pappy. <laughs>
3: all right. I there, there's probably a story. We're gonna have to ask the story. <laughs> well, Patrick Pappy Johnson is a mortgage lender with Johnson Bank. And also has some UW-Madison connections. Yeah, a degree in economics from back when we
2: were children. Uh, held a real estate license at that time, helped manage his father's student rentals, and for a time ran his own mortgage brokerage. Uh, and that is when I
3: first met him. All right, cool. Um, looking forward to that. Why don't we take a break before we come back with a couple stories of what you've learned in the last month and dispatches from the front. <laughs>
5: Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn.
2: You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 on the phone with us, the newly crowned monarch of first-time homebuyers, Asher Messino. (laughs) (laughs)
6: <laughs> and experienced ones, too.
2: <laughs> we'll keep... we'll and, and people, so you want to buy a first house, eighth house, Asher will help you.
6: That's right.
2: You know, we talk about what it costs, you know, we go in to meet the lender and we imagine that our monthly cost or like that our that our cost of ownership is rather predictable but tell me why it isn't
3: Asher
6: Well home ownership is just not predictable I mean there are things in your house that will need replacing that you will not have a heads up on for example Of course, your furnace is going to go out on the coldest day of the year. Uh, Of course, your air conditioner is going to die on the hottest day of the year. There are just some things we can't predict. So first of all, anytime you're going to look at a home, you want to have an idea of what your budget will be for that home. So you're looking at the ages of the mechanicals, the roof, the windows, the appliances, and you're thinking, okay, what are going to be my costs in probably you know the next 3 to 5 years. But on top of that you also want to save up probably around 1% of your home's value every year. So if you have a $300,000 house, you want to make sure you're setting aside at least $3,000 every year just to have you know, savings built up for things that you can't predict. And that's not for everything. I mean, that doesn't include if you already had plans to update your kitchen or update your bathroom.
2: And thank you, Asher, for the top of the hour tip. Think about spending almost 1% of your home's value each year in maintenance. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Asher.
3: listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison Real Estate Magazine, for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott and Ben Anton is right here with me. Ben, it's time for Dispatches from the Front, a series of stories about homes that you purchased in the last year or so, we might be able to say now, and some of the lessons you've learned as you've been going through the remodeling, selling, renting process. I'm going to broaden the scope of that to just mm-hmm. any old house I own. All right. Because
2: of the things I learned this month and I was able, this one I learned in the last several days. Okay. I talked about this being uh, the fall spring. Yeah.
3: Well, in what other ways, Adam, have the last several days been very spring-like? At the time of recording, we've had a lot of rain coming down. An odd amount, even one day where we had like 20 hours straight of rain in Madison. Exactly. A little odd. That long and persistent rain
2: showed me a leak in a roof. Mm. That- that after, that if it only
3: rained a couple hours at a time you might not have caught I would it, have
2: sure. never caught it because it, it would come into the, it would soak into the
3: insulation all oh, right and eventually drip down
2: <clears throat> and it would just dry it would dry out by the time yeah. it rains next yeah but that long and persistent rain afforded the opportunity for that insulation not to dry and for the insulation to continue to get wet and just a little just literally and like in a little cylinder. Like if you can imagine like just dripping water, just a little drip, 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 but do it long enough that it's gonna find its way through twelve to fourteen inches of cellulose insulation and then slowly to the ceiling. And then down a pipe. But it took it took that long and persistent rain to show me what had probably been leaking for for god knows how long
3: right yeah we've
2: had the house for a long time the roof on it's okay but it was a rubber boot around a plumbing protrusion where the pipe Uh, goes through the house mm -hmm. uh, and sticks through the roof and and then i got a call from a listener that that, that, well they are also friends but same thing oh we got a leak you know like these are probably
3: leaks that we already had That are finally getting a chance to show themselves. Yeah. So interesting. Climate change might be exposing some problems in your house in the near future soon. It's Uh, well, who knows (laughs) a a
2: single heavy downpour wouldn't have been enough. I know. But just the drizzly, drizzly London, consistent Seattle, you know, rain, rain, rain. Yeah.
3: Wasn't used to that, um, but maybe we'll get more used to that in the future here. All right, uh, those are your dispatches from the front. Let us welcome our guest in. There's no way I could
0: love you. And I already do.
2: On the phone with us is Patrick Pappy Johnson, a lifelong Madisonian. He graduated from then James Madison Memorial High School in 1977 from the UW in 1982 with a BS in economics. While attending college, obtained his real estate broker's license and helped manage his father's student housing. He's worked construction in the summers and worked part-time at a racquetball club. He's been in the mortgage business 39 years and at Johnson Financial Group or Johnson Bank for 16 of those. He played high school baseball and in very early 80s fashion worked at the racquetball club. That to me is like straight out of an episode of Chips. So we know he knows mortgages, maybe even that he's sporty.
3: But is he fun? There is only one true way to find out. We got to ask him some questions when we play a game. A game we call the way it used to be. There used
1: to be, there used to be, there used to be, there used to be, used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see, car in every driveway, swinging every tree, people can't stop talking about the way things used
4: to be.
2: The way it used to be is a get to know you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs trivia game. Pappy, are you ready? I am Ben. Question number one. We're going to try it. we got three questions. We're going to see if we can ring the bell thrice for you. While you've helped work on a home that I purchased and later lived in, participating in a demo day on Jackson Street many years ago, name either by the street or the address the other home that we came to realize you had worked on and I had lived in. This oddly positioned backyard home was affectionately known by many tenants and neighbors as the Smurf House. West Doty Street. That is correct. Yeah. I lived in a house that decades earlier his father had owned as a student rental. Oh, sure. And, and Pappy recalled even, even d- describing the heavy drywall mud texture in some of the rooms that because that was as good a drywall as uh, drywall work as Pappy, the, the soon-to-be mortgage broker, could do. So here's question number two. Played either indoors or outdoors, this racket paddle sport can be played with either two players in singles or four players in doubles. Players hit a perforated hollow polymer ball over a 36-inch high net using solid-faced paddles. Name this vegetable-themed sport.
4: It's pickleball, and yes, it is the most fast fast fast-growing sport in the country.
2: So, so your you mentioned your father opened Madison's first racquetball club, and then you were an employee there. Where where was Madison's first racquetball club?
4: On O'Dana Road, it used to be called the Court Club, and then it turned into the YMCA Annex on O'Dana Road. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: Vel Hortense
2: Rogers Phillips was an American attorney, politician, jurist, and civil rights activist who served as an alder person and judge in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and as Secretary of State of Wisconsin. Uh, she was the first African-American woman to graduate from the University of Wisconsin Law School, the first African-American as well as the first woman elected alder woman to the Milwaukee Common Council. What local high school recently changed its name to honor this Wisconsinite?
4: James Mass Memorial High
2: School. Your very own alma mater now, Val Phillips Memorial High School. Pappy and I have known each other twenty years, so we're, we're going to get to the details. But I think there's some some of the uh, some of the history is important. Um, what this isn't a quiz question that you that you will uh, that you will get right or wrong. But uh, as as a notary, you've you are able to handle refinance closings without the need for. Uh, for a closer or closing service title company. company. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how many refinance closings have you ever executed bedside at the university hospital?
6: One.
2: That's just me,
4: huh?
2: (laughs) 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 This might be a little too history rich episode, Uh, but what about 12, is that about 12 years ago now? Maybe. I
4: I think so. Whenever you fell off that roof,
2: I fall off the roof the day, the day the house gets appraised for a refinance. And then I'm in the hospital for the subsequent 21 days. I remember those days. Yeah. I don't remember it. We can uh, we could
3: talk all day about talk this. You talked very loudly to me. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Sutton and I came and visited you. Was I, you and you I was loud? you were just yeah you 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 were like instead of being on like four or five volume, or like seven or eight. See, I don't know and, this. Uh, I don't you, remember. We just assumed. like... I don't
2: remember that you and Jonathan Sutton came to visit me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but thank you for
2: coming. But anyway, Pappy came to the came to the hospital and uh, and there's pictures and that's how I know what happened. Uh, he signed he signed my refinance docs right there at the the
3: bedside oh my gosh
4: yes i did and and now that i think about it i probably should have given you some sort of mental test yeah
3: i was gonna say does a does a person need to be in solid (laughs) mental standing to make sure those signing those things since
2: the pictures are the only reason i can remember it uh that might have been a good idea
5: Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn.
2: You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine, for your ears. On the phone with us, Azure Messino. What do we say about the market here in September?
6: It is starting to pick up again. So every year it is slow in July and August and the first little bit of September – And as predicted, we are getting busier again. So just this past weekend, we were seeing a lot of listings have multiple offers on them. Um, I personally had four new buyers reach out to me last week alone. So I think we are going to have a busy and strong fall. Summer gets really chaotic for families before kids return back to school and before people go back to the UW to work. So yeah, now that everyone is feeling settled, people are a lot more comfortable with buying and selling again. And it's interesting because we just had a pretty big interest rate increase the other day. So now we're at about 6%. And I don't really see that deterring people right now.
2: It's going to affect what people can afford just a little bit, but everybody still needs a house. All right. Thank you very much, Asher, for the market update and you have a great day. <music> Clearly we have some history and, and, and I'm comfortable calling you Pappy. Adam was like on the fence about it.
3: Oh, so. sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I need to ask you permission. Do you prefer Patrick Johnson or Pappy Johnson? Oh, no, it's Pappy. It's Pappy. Uh, okay. And is there... One like, of the
4: biggest mistakes I made so getting into this business after college was my boss said, well, I know everybody calls you Pappy, but we better call you Patrick to be more professional. And in sales, you shouldn't be more professional. You should be rememberable. Yeah, and Pappy's much more memorable than uh, Patrick.
2: Not only is there that history, and and we're we're at Pappy. You know, well now you're at Pappy too. We're all okay. we're all comfortable at Pappy. We made it. Um, yes. but this only only mortgage lender that I've ever had that like showed up and helped. Like that house I bought on Jackson Street, I I said we're having the first day of tearing it apart, and Pappy came in his v- racquetball ball shorts. And, and help, helped us <laughs> fill a dumpster. And, uh, and it has been yeah. that long since, since I've known him. So now you're saying, well, of course Ben likes this guy. He helped out at the house. Sure. Um, Free labor. But I think, I think the reason that I like working with Pappy and Johnson Bank and the reason I'd recommend him is because everything seems to be easier. I can send someone who is a rate shopper to Pappy, and he can be competitive, and the deal can close because that super uh, finicky and rate watcher client can get what he needs but then it also comes with the easier. Does that make sense?
3: I think so. Yeah.
2: We're going to I one of the things I thought I thought I'd be talking about easier is, is the re- relative local uh, component of Johnson Bank. You are here in Madison and but the parent company Johnson Financial Group and the and the Johnson not you, Johnson, but Johnson-Wax, Johnson-Johnson Financial Group. That's like Racine. That's right here in Wisconsin. Is that right?
4: That's, that's right. And I, I think you uh, make a good point on your your website. You have uh, he is a Johnson, but not one of the Johnsons. So yes. I'm not related to the Johnsons. But I, I am a lifelong, like you said, a lifelong Madison resident, and the Johnson Wax family does own us. We're privately owned, and that makes, gives us a few advantages over the competition and in some of the big banks or credit unions.
2: One of the things I think there's, well, there's a couple things that I think are different. Um, one, you do all your own underwriting.
3: And what is that? So, sorry, we'll have to back up. What does underwriting mean to the consumer?
4: That, that, that is who approves the loan. So when I'm sitting with the consumer and I get their pay stubs and their bank statements and I pop up their credit report, I can instantly approve that loan. Uh, We put it in our system, of course, get the standardized uh, approval from the automated underwriting systems, but then I can sign off on it. Nobody else has to look at the file. That's very powerful when you're writing an offer and the loan's already approved in literally 15 minutes after doing the application.
2: And, and and there's also the benefit if something if there's a hurdle or there's a particular aspect or component that is threatening your approval you're like talking to the guy who who's noticing it and he can make the call and say this is the thing we need to work on or this component it's all just right in the same you know right in the same room right so there's no middleman like yes. it's if it's approved great if it's not, Here's how it might be if we were able to adjust these one or two things that are keeping you from your approval. Mm-hmm.
4: So yeah, perhaps- a, perf- a perfect example might be a, a very large deposit in somebody's bank statement. Well, Okay, we just got to document that. Tell me where that came from. Okay, get me this documentation and the loan's approved. Or your pay stubs seem to be inconsistent. I can address it up front, ask for the proper documentation right then. They can provide it and it's approved. Uh, okay. An offer to purchase, uh, weird type of things happen in offer to purchase transactions. I can read the offer to purchase. I can counsel the real estate professional on how to amend that offer or what we need addressed in the offer, and we can get it changed quickly.
3: Yeah, okay. So you've got some type of like calculation that you know as to how, what's going to be a problem and how to resolve those.
4: Yes.
2: So we've got a, a, a much more streamlined and easy to follow underwriting process and a lot more immediate feedback directly from your lender and the underwriter in the same person. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about one of the things that, that we, we see in this market, when especially in the spring and when people are reaching and having to write offers over asking. Um, can you talk a little bit about the relationship Johnson Bank has with most of its appraisers uh, and how, when we're, when we're pushing the market a little bit, uh, how that communication with, with the appraisers that doesn't happen everywhere else can benefit the, the buyer.
4: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Ben, uh, because that is a real differentiator for us. Uh, our lenders can actually have a conversation with an appraiser, you know, uh, federal law requires us not to ever try to influence value with appraiser, appraisers but most lenders don't let their loan officers even talk to the appraiser. They don't even sometimes know who the appraiser is for a specific property. Uh, when we have an appraisal order, we know who the appraisal will, appraiser will be. We only work with about six local appraisers in the Madison, Dane County, surrounding county area. So we've got long relationships with them. And if we have some sort of concern uh, we can actually have a conversation and say, "Here's what we're looking at, uh, what you, you see any concerns? Again, we can't talk about value and influencing values, but we can actually have a conversation, and that goes a long way in uh, putting transactions together.
2: Yeah, you know it can, it, can, it can just be that this house is unique in this way, but we've done our homework, and here's another house that is unique or has that same component. or just simple questions or the value of it of an appraiser that knows the area uh at some of yes. the at some of the larger lending institutions and they do a lot of business um i won't name the two big credit unions that that do the most but they do so much that as a percentage of their portfolio they see more failure or default
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: johnson bank Great, and i think i think monona i think misha at monona falls into the same category they they are allowed to communicate with their appraisers because they didn't have as much trouble last go around or in 2006 right. or seven. Um,
4: so well, and they, tr- and they trust their loan officers as well. Uh, and then many, many uh, of the lenders today are going with the uh, appraisal management companies. Okay. And we call them AMCs and they bid out jobs for appraisals and sometimes they'll, get appraisers, especially as it's slowing down now and there's not as much refinance business going on. I mean, it's literally a trickle. Uh, They're bidding out jobs. So appraisers will, from out of the area, will bid on an appraisal that'll undercut local appraisers' fees. And they'll come in from, let's just say, uh, uh, Jamesville, uh, and they don't know the Nakoma area or they don't know the Atwood-Shank Corners neighborhood. And they don't know the uniqueness of a neighborhood, and they just go in there and do an appraisal quickly, and they can be way off on actual values.
3: Right. So there's some value to having the local person or oh, somebody that knows. 100 percent Oh, you
2: ain't going You belong
0: right here. You like eating worst. you like cheese and
1: Music.
3: You're listening to Real Estate in the Six O Eight, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. His name is Ben Anton. On the line, we've got Pappy Johnson. We're familiar with him now from Johnson Bank, uh, a mortgage lender. Let's
2: talk a little bit about, about the market and what we see happening. One of the comments you made that I thought was was most telling or it was like seemed the most real to me, is that you, you talked about your your drawer full of pre approvals. And tell me a little bit more about that and why. And why that drawer is still full, and you still anticipate uh, a pretty healthy uh, uh, amount of buyers out comes, come, what I'm calling the fall spring, as well as next year.
4: Yes, well, yeah, because I mean, I'm just one lender, and I, we manage, you know, the, the Madison region. Uh, but I talk to all of the other lenders in my marketplace that are friendly competitors. I talk to our our other regions in Milwaukee, Janesville, Green Bay all around the state. And we have a a big supply of what we call pre-approved applications. Uh, Borrowers, future buyers come in, get pre-approved, which is pretty much the only way people go nowadays. They get pre-approved before they go out making offers on houses. And we've got all these loan files in our drawers pre-approved. And uh, some of these files have been in our drawers for two, three years. And what's stopping them from getting an accepted offer, Ben, you can uh, relate to is just there's not enough properties out there. They can't get they can't find the property. When they do, there's multiple bids on them. They're overbidding. Uh, they get out of their price range. Uh, they don't have enough down payment. They don't get offers accepted for some reason. And thus, they still haven't bought a house, but they want to buy a house.
2: So and what we're seeing just a, a, sig- <laughs> a significant backlog of buyers in that there, there is no concern for, for sellers, even even if interest rates are gonna dampen some people's spirits or or prices are going to push some people out of that specific segment of the market, what I'm hearing you say yeah. is there's still a lot of people out there that, that have not had their need met.
0: Yeah.
3: How long do pre approvals last? How long can they last? Well, well, they, they,
4: they last 120 days. The documentation is good for 120 days, but it's just as simple as just, okay, now update the credit report, which can be done in literally 30 seconds. And then we get updated pay stubs and bank statements, and we extend the pre-approval for another 120 days.
2: Okay. Yeah. Most of the work is done, and then that re-upping, the, the renewing of the, cre- of, the, uh, of the pre-approval can be done pretty quickly,
3: especially when you're like, oh, finally found one. It sounds like the way you described a drawer full of pre-approvals, it means there's a lot of people who are sitting out there ready to purchase, but sometimes the the places aren't there. Uh, and that's what we've been dealing with in the real estate market for quite some time now.
4: Yes. I, I mean, and so some people are falling out. Some have gotten discouraged. Uh, some are, were trying to qualify for that maximum house yeah. And Ben and I talked about this earlier uh, before th- this call and, and just the impact of uh, higher interest rates and higher prices, they've, they've kind of got priced out of the market. Uh, some people, though, are using adjustable rate mortgages now, long-term adjustable rate mortgages to help them stay in the game.
2: all $300,000 an average home even though that's slightly below the market's 360 average but um, the difference in interest rate between today and 12 months ago we're in the we're in the mid threes to the high fives that's a two-point swing that's gonna be $500 more per month for the same exact house so if you were if you were pre-approved up to X amount and you bought right up to it a year ago You would not qualify to buy that same house today because the payment for that house, that same house, would be five hundred dollars more per month. That five hundred dollars also translates into about twenty thousand dollars a year in income. So in order for you to qualify for the same price as you did a year ago, you would you or your spouse or your collective household would would literally need to have seen an increase in in salary of twenty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's based on uh, debt-to-income ratio. And, and, and what Pappy and most mortgage lenders are looking for is that you're going to spend about 30% of your gross monthly income on your housing or your, your PITI.
3: I think that's the same reason that I've heard several folks in, I know in my neighborhood. And I think I would be in this boat, too, to say, I couldn't rebuy my house today because of where I'm at financially, and because of what it's worth right now in the market.
4: I think you'll see as interest rates go up, sellers that might have wanted to sell a couple of years ago might decide that, you know, geez, I have my 3% fixed rate mortgage, and my house isn't assessed as much as it's worth, so my taxes are lower. I really might not be able to afford to sell and move up Yeah. at this point in time.
2: Yeah. So the, the the inventory that we need, some of it might actually be held up by the fact that people don't feel comfortable moving up.
4: Right. And that so that's on the move up buyer side. And then of course the first time home buyer side, that's where I have more of my fallout of my pre-approvals is the first time home buyer that said, Well, I think I can afford that three hundred thousand dollar house, but now that three hundred thousand dollar house over the last two years is now three hundred and sixty and rates went from three to almost six i I'm priced out.
2: You mentioned the adjustable rate mortgage. Everybody, I think, especially when rates were low was thinking, well, geez, borrow that 30 year money, get it at three and a half percent. That's amazing. And it is. And I think that's about where my house is. Um, but, but now that new interest rate, that higher interest rate, simply means a lot more money per month. Um, those seven and 10-year adjustable rate mortgages, um, you mentioned a rate right now of about 4.5. So right about in the middle of of where we've seen the 30-year over the last uh, 12 months. Are those loans
4: amortized over 30 years? Yes, yes, uh, they are. And what I like about them so much, I mean, having a 39-year history in mortgage business and seeing interest rates go up and down and up and down, but mostly down over the last 39 years, is the fact that, you know, rates will change, but a lot of these first-time buyers won't be in the house much more than 10 years anyway. So a long-term fixed rate fixed for seven to 10 years takes almost all the risk out of taking out an adjustable rate mortgage versus when we gave out adjustable rate mortgages 30 years ago, a lot of them were only fixed for one three or five years. And that's a very short term. So if we can fix something for seven or ten years at a four and a half percent rate, for example, that's amortized over 30 years, your payments are lower. uh, You have a lot of security in knowing that you don't have to worry about interest rates for seven to ten years. Then you have seven to ten years that you can decide, hey, is this a long term house that I'm going to stay in for 20 years, 30 years? And maybe interest rates fluctuate back down. We hit a recession, which a lot of people are anticipating in most recessions, interest rates will come back down. So there'd be an opportunity to refinance at that time.
2: Right. I want to, I want to back up cause I don't know if everybody, does everybody know amortization? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> so amort. So I said, are those loans amortized over 30 years? A 30 year amortization would mean that in 30 years you literally paid it off.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? So, yes. and that means that with that long of an amortization that the monthly payments are like medium sized, right? Because like if you got a 15 year loan, those are going to be higher payments, but you can be paid off sooner. Right. If you get a 30 year loan, those payments are less, but it takes twice as long to pay off. So what we have here is an interest rate that is fixed first for seven or 10 years. But the payment schedule, in fact, would take you 30 years to pay it off. But that is, and correct me, these these 7 and 10 year project product, products are fixed for either the f- first 7 or 10 years even, Peppy? Yes. And then That's after correct. after those first 7 or 10 years, there is a cap that your interest rate can go up. It's not like you it's so if you if you lock in today at this 4.5 and in 7 years the interest rate is 14 percent mm-hmm. your interest rate will only go up a certain amount per year is that right yes
4: and, and most of them yeah and most of them have a lifetime cap over that 30 years that they can't go up more than six percent above the start rate okay so or there's like a, there's like the a start
2: built-in rate. worst case scenario mm-hmm. and i think that yeah, the smartest thing that he's saying is that an I think when property values were declining as they did 2011 to 14, maybe people weren't selling as quickly and maybe some people stayed in their homes longer than average, but when property values are on the, on the rise, I think we're seeing people stay even less than that average seven to 10 years.
4: Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and you know, I've, when I got in the business in 1983, they always said that first time home buyer stayed in their house less than seven years. I think, uh, as interest rates came down and, uh, houses got bigger, uh, some houses got bigger that, uh, there was a segment that decided that they did stay in their house for 15 or years or longer.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
4: uh, now the, with the whole job situation and everything, uh, people are much more, uh, nomadic and they've changed jobs more often change cities so I, I think that average is probably going back down again that's just look I, I don't have any evidence of that but I
2: no what I think I,
4: I,
3: think, we, I think everybody kind of sees that feels it so what does that mean mm-hmm. to the what does that mean to the to the buyer then if somebody's are they banking on having a house for a long time it sounds like no it sounds like people are actually banking on having a house for a shorter amount of time so it would make more sense to do that adjustable rate because they're only going to be well, paying at, that the, at the
4: present time yeah because like ben said when fixed rates were three percent the adjustable rates were virtually the same there was hardly any difference between a short-term uh, adjustable rate fixed for five seven or ten years and a fixed rate, so there's no real advantage to taking an adjustable rate, and you took on additional risk for a very, very small benefit. Yeah. Okay. Right now, the, the benefit is much bigger. You can lock something in for seven or 10 years around four and a half percent, versus, I and mean, you're saving over 1% on your interest rate the first seven or 10 years, which amounts to a lot of money.
2: Almost every decision I make, I think, well, what's the worst case scenario? And am I okay with that? Yeah. And if today my choice is paying 5.78 or 5 or, you know, or 4.5 for 10 years, knowing that even in that 11th year, it's going to go up only a full point, which is still less than I'd be paying if I got the 30 year fixed today. And that in fact, it would be the 12th year where the interest rate would actually be equal to or higher than today's 30-year fixed.
3: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of that question of like, <laughs> do I keep the money in pocket or do do I get it now or do I get it later? Um, should I spend yeah. it now or should I spend it later? And-
4: It's also, yeah, about insurance too. It's a, some people just cannot think of anything else except the 30-year fixed because they just want to sleep at night. So it's an individual thing. There's not a right or wrong yeah. answer there. It's somebody's comfort, and that's one of the things as a, you know, I try to be a trusted financial advisor as well as just the mortgage lender. But we look at all aspects of things, and I talk to people about, you know, what their job growth is going to be, where they see themselves in five to ten years, are they going to start a family, is this a long-term house, short-term house, et cetera. But you can walk a person through and talk to them through their options so they know and they can make a good choice for themselves.
3: Yeah, sometimes it's an educated guess. Am I going to be Elon Musk rich in five years from now? My choice? Probably <laughs> not, but, he, but maybe maybe someone else will. Yeah. Here, Here's a well, question. Oh, go ahead.
4: Well, you, and you, you see it in different professions, too, depending on what people do for a living, et cetera. They know that they come in here, they're okay, they're going to be a visiting professor for three oh, years. Sure.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm
4: it's a, it's an easy choice. Uh, that young person that's buying at age 30 and they're not married yet. It's an easy choice because they think this is just their housing for right now. Uh, where a young family with two young kids and they think this is the next house for the next 20 years, they gravitate towards the fixed rates. Yeah. It's
3: good. It's good to note that like the right choice is the right choice for you, not necessarily the right choice for everyone.
2: Correct. Let's take a quick break for Phil's phone in. We'll get his look beyond the 608, and then we'll be back with Pappy and, and, and one more thing. time for Phil's phone in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond
7: the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Here's one of my favorite quotes from legendary investor Warren Buffett. Only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. Everything looks normal. Everything looks fine until the tide turns. Over the past few weeks, we've begun to see more naked swimmers in the real estate space. It's easy to look like a genius when prices go up month after month after month for more than six years. Buy, hold, sell, win. But prices are starting to come down in several markets, sharply in some cases. And what do you know? Open Door Technologies, a company using artificial intelligence to flip real estate, is hemorrhaging cash. According to media reports, the company lost money on 42% of its transactions in August. The company told investors that it would lose as much as $175 million in the third quarter. The stock was down 72% year-to-date through Friday. It's not clear whether Open Door will ultimately fail. We don't have a rooting interest. But avert your eyes if you don't want to see more naked swimmers in the months ahead. All that brings to mind another great Buffett saying, be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with A View from Beyond the 608. Tony Highland, the it on. The boardwalk- you're listening to real estate in the
3: 608 madison's real estate magazine for your ears my name is adam ellie it's the table for me ben anton i believe tiger the cat just passed through the studio but on the phone is the important person we're talking to and that is patrick pappy johnson a mortgage letter with johnson bank uh pappy it's it's been educational to talk today
4: well, it's been a pleasure talking to you two today as well. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. I, I, I
2: talked about the the I'm not a rate shopper. When I mm-hmm. when I get alone, loan, I know that that everybody is competitive and that everyone watches everyone else. And I can see value in the easy, or value mm-hmm. in the relationship. I know that it's going to be fine. But when I've sent people who are persnickety about rate, or when I've sent people who are persnickety about access to technology or what I've sent people, you know, like they can get that too. They can get the thing that's most important to them and also the easy. If people want to speak to you, learn more about you or, or get in your drawer, if they want to get in your drawer pre-approvals, uh, how can they do that, Peppy?
4: Well, they can either email me at pkjohnson Johnson at Johnson Or call me directly at my, my desk is
2: 608-203-3942. And I, I'm going to say, I'm going to put both those things in the show notes, but I'm also going to say, Pappy's a little bit of a night owl. That's the other, that is the other thing that is different about Pappy. Don't expect a call from him in the morning, but if it might be like eight or nine, (laughs) if it's eight or nine o'clock, if it's eight or nine o'clock at night, you might catch him at his desk. We will put all that information on the website and people will be able to find you or if they re- or if they got really good memories, uh, they can take it away right now. Um, thank you very much, Pappy, for Thanks, joining Pappy. us. It's
4: been lovely. Hey, thank you too. I appreciate it.
3: <laughs> You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. Uh, we have... Happy to thank for joining us today, but Ben, what was that conversation? That was a lot of like numbers
2: and hard information, and one yeah. of the th- one of the things I think that that you the, I saw the eyebrow was I I place so much value in the relationship. Sure, and the, one that's what I do. Yep, like the one of the reasons I see value in that is because it is what it is the value that I am compensated for. It is sure, um, sure, and 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 you and you're thinking about like well what. Why couldn't it be an automated system or why can't Mm -hmm. what what's the difference if I go to a bank or if I prefer to be online or I don't want to have somebody chummy calling me to, you know, like I just want to be quiet and introvert and just plug my computer. (laughs) Um, I will tell you that when you submit your offer, if it if if your pre-approval letter comes from a person who can be reached on the phone. In minutes with a question that that listing agent, that person you're co- that that your offer, if, if, if the dollars amounts are the same across the top and there's five offers on this house and they're all for the most part identical. And you've got one pre-approval for Misha or Pappy yeah. or someone who can be reached on the phone versus uh- Quicken Or a rocket, or or, whatever, or some kind of automated system where you punched in a bunch of information, and you might not be able to really talk to a person very quickly, but sure, the loan will close. Yeah, your your relationship, that relationship, isn't only going to make things easier between the two of you, but it might make your offer look more attractive to the seller as well.
3: I hear that. Um, I I mean, I think there's also an, an argument to the contrary too. So, in user experience, we look at how to make things... Easier For a website Like how do we make Mm -hmm. That process easier The human aspect Of that job Will actually be Automated at some point Like I I know my job Will be eliminated um, In the near future Because a machine Can interpret intention Based on repetition Over time That's what Sometimes you call That artificial intelligence About how How you you teach a machine To understand What it's going to do I'm sorry Dave (laughs) And it's I mean it certainly Could go that way if we don't design it (laughs) right but uh, i think i'm afraid i can't do that right now some of these processes people just expect to be like boop 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 numbers am i yes or am i no or should i keep going and 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 that's not saying pappy uh, you know I think there's a space there that people need that human touch because very likely this is probably one of the biggest purchases you're going to make in your life. Right. And there's like a lot of money on the table and that involves risk and that gives anxiety folks and you want some control and you might want to be able to talk to somebody. Um, I I feel like some of that is going to change in, through automation in, in the future. Claire and I were just having this conversation
2: yeah. about about how people choose to learn. Yeah. And, and 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 for me, like how I choose to share or teach. I like to teach and share through personal experience. Sure. Yeah. She is in a position where in her new role at UW, UW Extension, everything they teach and all of the programs they develop and the curriculum are are evidence-based data sure and and I don't I don't want your data I want to talk to somebody who did it I want to talk to somebody who touched it felt it failed learned and came back or I want to be able to share the experience that I had and see how it can how you can relate to it and how the how together the joint and so there's 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 always going to be different ways to to skin that cat and um,
3: and I wouldn't say there's there's always going to pl- be a place for humans talking to other humans. Like, that never goes away. But some of, like, the easy processes, like fixing your car, a robot could probably do that someday. Or how is the robot going applying- to know when I say, well, it's making a followed by a woo well, it will <laughs> it will know the <laughs> the entire set of potential problems with your car and it can go and deduce those oh, types of things God. but when you want to learn from people and have like a human to human contact that's always going to be there that's never going away and i think that's what pappy provides so we went deep on on
2: relationship and lending and also talked a little bit though about how interest rates have been affecting uh like literally your pocket like your pocket is not as deep your you your normal pants now have girl pockets (laughs) because they got that much smaller some cargo shorts Um, for you there and then and then uh so not only did we talk about we kind of we kind of went deep on relationship, but then mm-hmm. also talked a little bit about like how it affects you the interest rates. Um, and then yeah. I think the other the other thing um, that that touched me or that made me think about was his his drawer of pre approvals. Oh, like yeah. those buyers are still out there, even though things will get. And, and in his email earlier, we talked about what what might this look like big picture. That drawer of pre approvals is going to keep our market healthy and appreciating maybe not at the same crazy levels that it has for the last few years because there will be some effect those interest rates will have some effect again we're going to free up potentially for less inventory because that move up buyer isn't as comfortable buying their next house Mm -hmm. and then obviously the the pre-approved you can afford this much just got lower yeah but at the same time that drawer is so full and Madison is still the best place to live. Yeah, uh, that we're going to see a, a,
3: a, a healthy market here. Yeah, a strong signal that that interest is still there to continue whatever pattern we're in right now. The drawer is still full. It's going to stay that way for a little while. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, very cool. Uh, people can learn more by getting a monthly email from you. Yeah, it's the twenty-second twenty-second read. Comes with things like the market
2: update from the hip, as. As well as some other home ownership tips and tricks. And then a little brief uh, recap on what we've talked
3: about here. All right. Very good. Um, I think we give one more thanks to Pappy. I feel I still feel like I want to say he's Patrick Johnson. Maybe I didn't cross that bridge yet. To say
2: well now. At least now he's older than when I first met him, and the
3: pappy thing it seems more appropriate. I, I kind of like that it was the the explanation was actually it's his business. That's how you remember him, and now we won't forget that, that it's Pappy Johnson. So thank you to him, uh, Pappy of Johnson Bank, the mortgage lender. Uh, thank you to some of our musicians you've been listening to today. Renclaw El Donk The Oak Street Ramblers Bob Westfall Seesaw Currently on summer tour As is the Mad City Jug Band I think you can catch them At a venue Near you Okay So we're gonna do a shout out Gonna do a shout
2: out To to Rachel Who commented On one of our uh, One of our Instagram posts Uh Said uh, I appreciated the ice cream drama podcast. Just listened <laughs> to it the other day to catch up on the local scuttlebutt. Love the podcast. We say thank you, Rachel, for listening. Thank you, and, Rachel. Uh, just tell t- tell a few friends now because because right. because I don't know how to share this to my stories. <laughs> uh, but thank you much to Rachel as well as all of the rest of you. Yeah, and thank you, Ben. All right, thanks, Adam. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the Six Hundred Eight Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at in the 608 or visit inthe 608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com.
1: Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score only? baby won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours and come on baby won't you talk me sweet instead i'm staring at this empty sea because you got someone else you'd rather